0: hello everyone welcome to episode 7 of artists actors and activists of the 21st century the teen interview podcast with me cory gresick (laughs) that title is such a mouthful and i don't know why i gave it to myself but it's my own fault so it's like chill um (laughs) so yeah it's a nice day here in Pittsburgh during this quarantine, so I'm in a good mood. Well, it's, like, in the 50s and sunny, but I consider that good weather, but me and my dad got in the whole thing, because I think that that's, like, nice, like, sitting outside weather, and he's like, nope, too cold. And I'm like, no. Like, that's... (laughs) And I think that's ideal weather. But I digress. (laughs) Um, I hope everyone's staying healthy and well and mentally well in quarantine because I know it's getting super hard with everything um so yeah my guest today is Abigail Mosier she is so cool I feel like I say that about every guest but like all of my guests are really cool so it's like it's fair um (laughs) so me and Abigail Abigail is someone who's super duper cool because she came to Lincoln Park her senior year and she lives really far away and so she kind of packed up and gave up everything to come to this school and that's something I really admire about her to like study her craft and it really shows she is an amazing dancer and the kindest most genuine person you'll ever meet and we really she was really open and vulnerable with me throughout this whole interview and I love that about a person so without further ado here is Abigail Mosher So, hello, Abigail. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> How are you? Um, I'm alright. Could be worse.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, so yeah, um, are you cool to just jump right in? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, um, so I always start from the beginning with everyone, like, where they were born, where they grew up, like, what their childhood was like, just get to get, like, a little... Origin story. <laughs> um, so, can we hear a little bit about like your earlier life?
1: Yeah, sure. This <laughs> is so strange, so official. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I am in a family of five. I'm the middle child. I have two brothers. Um, we're each two years apart. Um, I live in a small town called Curzy, PA. It's actually a village. So, it's Super tiny, but yeah, no, I'm just kind of chilling.
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, so what? How old were you when you first started dancing?
1: I was three, so it's been a while. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's been. (laughs) She says it's been a while when it's been nearly her whole life.
1: (laughs) Actually, (laughs) though,
0: that's insane. Um, fun fact: you're my first dancer on the podcast, so that's exciting.
1: thanks for having me. I'm so excited,
0: yeah, I'm so glad you're here um so yeah, um so did you so you started dancing when you were three and did you fall in love with it right away? Was it something that you like wanted to keep doing
1: yeah, absolutely um, it's kind of interesting though like to look at the family history side of things because like my great grandma actually loved to dance as well, and like um my mom's grandfather's siblings like they all played instruments by ears so like we're a very musical family yeah like and plus like my mom's side is very athletic as well so you kind of put the two together and like you get dance so it's like it's interesting to see that as like an athlete and an artist type of thing so yeah,
0: yeah. that's awesome oh my gosh that's such a cool thing um yeah, my
1: mom actually has videos of me when i was younger like in the bouncer, like, bouncing at a couple months old to, like, her playing music, so... Yeah, no, it's been in my life for a while.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, um, growing up as a dancer, did you take dance classes just, like, from the studio, like, closest to your house? Like, is that where you got your start?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, when my mom, like, found out that I kind of had, like an interest in dance she signed me up for the local studio which is about 15 minutes away from my house now so we're not too far so yeah no i just grew up dancing there with that community doing um just like annual recitals every year taking classes in different styles so yeah um i was also on a competition team so we i did a lot of um, competitions and conventions throughout the years a lot of the time on weekends so that was kind of an extra thing that I did on the side as well.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so did you grow up doing like all styles, or were you like focused on certain ones?
1: Um, it kind of grew as I got more into it. I started out in ballet and tap, um, were my first styles, mm-hmm. and then I expanded into like you know jazz. I did some hip hop. A couple years of acro. A lot of um like point work once i got old enough and my growth plates and my feet developed. But yeah. So i kind of do a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite now that like you connect with the most?
1: Oh gosh, this is always the hardest question. Um <laughs> I I really like tap a lot and i think i credit that to like the musicality aspect of it, you know, with the musicianship behind it. Yeah, totally. Um, I also, I really like contemporary just because it's so, so raw and like the emotion is very prevalent behind it. And I don't know, I just think it's a very human style and yeah, I like when people can relate to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And going off of that, um, so at our school, we have this, for our listeners who don't know at our school, we have this yearly choreography project where seniors um, choreograph their own dances and put them up for everyone to see in a showcase style thing um and so you did a contemporary piece and it was like amazing like it was like the highlight one of the highlights of the night um like so had you choreographed before or was that your first time like taking a big whack at it
1: um i have choreographed before yes um not officially in a recital um format like that, but um my junior year I actually got a couple paid choreography opportunities in my hometown. Um my mom's coworker, his name's Jason Phipps, um he had hired me to choreograph the dance portions of his shows. So yeah, I um choreographed shows like Narnia. I did a full production of Newsies last year.
0: Oh my gosh. Um, She's booked and busy. Yeah, it was
1: such a good experience. Yeah, I did, like, Little Shop, a bunch of um, shows in my local community. So, yeah, it was a really good opportunity for me to kind of, uh, you know, explore some work. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And your choreography project piece, like I said, like, it was gorgeous. And then I found out post-watching it that it was based on a real-life experience that you had gone through and something that happened to you so like what gave you the courage to like express your own story on stage because a lot of people wouldn't have done that
1: yeah yeah no um I definitely think that myself as an artist I try to pull from like personal experiences not only because I think it's important to put that out into the world for other people to relate to because that's what I like about art most is that it kind of like makes you uncomfortable and makes you think about those things that you don't want to necessarily think about or like I don't know it's just it's just a really good place to um connect people and to just draw people closer together like especially in a theater and performance space so yeah I think just um The opportunity for human connection and just bringing people closer was what gave me the courage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's so awesome. I love artists who are so, like, willing to, like, say things and make statements as opposed to just, like, make pretty dances. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. I get you. I get you. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um, so, yeah. So, you are super cool. (laughs) And here's what I think is the coolest about you. Is that, um? You did. You do go to Lincoln Park, which is our school. It's a performing arts school. But you didn't come until senior year, and you live like what, two and a half hours away from the school.
1: Yeah, roughly three. But oh, jeez. My apartment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Um, so since you are and you, your senior year, you decided to move out to beaver a couple minutes away from the school and like live there and stay in an apartment with a roommate so like how was that decision made
1: yeah yeah of course um there's actually a lot to unpack here so i'm just gonna like kind of dive into it um from the beginning of it all If that's okay <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah,
1: so interesting story um So I actually found out about the school like a week before my junior year started, but like I wasn't able to actually attend until senior year because like I found out about the school like way later than the window of opportunity was to submit my materials and to audition. Mm -hmm. So like I actually was put on the wait list for junior year. And, like, how I actually discovered the school, like, was through um, my mom's coworker Jason Fix, like I said before. So, he actually grew up in Freedom, I believe. So, yeah, I just remember him saying, like, to my mom and me, like, you know, hey, like you should check out this art school in Midland. They have some really great programs and, like, an extremely versus high student body. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, without him, I wouldn't even be here right
0: now. Yeah. yeah. Um, did he go out? to Lincoln Park?
1: No, he didn't actually. When he was in school, um, the school wasn't around. But he had oh, said that he totally would
0: have gone there. Yeah, that's awesome that he, like... This guy seems to be paving a lot of opportunities <laughs> for you. that
1: out to him. He's a lovely person. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, once you found out about the school and you auditioned and you got in, like, what gave... Were your parents, like, resistant of, like letting you go to a school so far away or were they on board like from the start
1: um a little bit of both to be honest with you uh you know my mom has been very supportive through this whole thing and so has my dad and you know of course they have the parental concerns of like oh like we want to make sure you're safe like we want to make sure you have what you need like all of these different things coming at it from the you know logical standpoint Mm. but they were they were very supportive and yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity and that they allowed me to do this because, you know, a lot of parents I don't think would necessarily be for this, like, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was an amazing opportunity, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that's awesome that your parents were on board. Um, So, how was that experience, like, diving into not only the first day of school but the first day like living with a roommate who's what like 30 years old
1: <laughs> yeah yeah 33 oh geez um, uh,
0: so was that process like a little surreal for you
1: yeah it, it was um it was it was very scary i'm not gonna lie but um coming at it from like a technical aspect like for my training like that's kind of like the real reason I wanted to move schools in the first place is because I was really searching for something that would like allow the opportunity to increase the number of technique classes I got. Mm-hmm. So like, like I mentioned before, like before I came to LP, like I was on the competition team. Um, and so like I talked to the director and like owner of my home studio. And like me being who I am as a person, like I didn't want to sign the contract to be on the competition team junior year because like I was on the waiting list like the whole nine yards. So like, um, I didn't want to, them to call me and be like, Yeah, an opening came up like you can audition and then like not be able to just because like I signed the contract. So, right. um, yeah, I, I actually opted out of being on a traveling team like junior year. So um, a lot of people like didn't understand like why I was doing this because like, like I said, I was still taking class at the local dance studio. But like, Yeah, no, it felt like I was like letting a lot of people down. And like, there were plenty of times where like, I felt guilty or selfish for making a decision that was for my own self benefit. Like as a human being, like not just as an artist, but yeah, I always like I said, it kind of relates to like the piece I choreographed for choreography project. Like, I always refer to it as like the painful progression type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, change is like a precursor for growth, in my opinion. And like, honestly, like, purposely putting yourself in a position, like, of discomfort is what is going to challenge and stretch your abilities, so, like, that's really what I was going for, and, like, that's what initiated this change, because I was hungry for something new, and, like, hungry for something, like, an environment that was artistically stimulating, and, like, to be grounded by, like, you guys, and, like, such a supportive student body, like, a passionate artist, like, and educators okay yeah and this is the thing too like (laughs) sorry it's a rant I get so no
0: no no no. you're so good (laughs) it's going so well
1: um yeah and like don't get me wrong I'm so thankful that I grew up in the area that I did but sometimes it's challenging you know especially in a rural area when there's no when art really isn't a prevalent thing and there's not you know opportunities to perform and stuff like that so like especially when educators like you know I've had this happen to me before who like don't understand and like don't think this is a career that you can go into when they like silently judge you or like raise their eyebrows or like oh this is what you want to do as a profession yeah yeah I don't know that was just kind of frustrating for me a lot of the times but um yeah so um Yeah, coming to Lincoln Park has definitely been a fulfilling opportunity for me in that regard, because I just, I feel more understood, like, as a person, I think, so
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and that, yeah, and, like, I think Lincoln Park is so cool, or any performing arts school, because, like, it's a big center for people who all love making art in one way or another, so it's cool that we can all, like, do it together through all the things that we do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you, you touched on this for a second, but you were saying that like some people weren't really supportive of this like change, um, and weren't really supportive of your art. So was that something that like coming here that you struggled with a lot? Like, did you feel, did you ever feel that you were making the wrong decision, even though it ended up being the right one? (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, I get you. Um, I I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, the first couple months were pretty challenging, yeah. um, you know. And I understand where people were coming from because honestly, like it is kind of a crazy thought, like moving senior year and stuff. Like that's because for a while I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, but like I always knew deep down that this is like what I needed to do for my own self. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I um. At Lincoln Park, like, you guys are just so very supportive and, like, accepting, and honestly, like, I don't know, I just, I love everybody there, and, um, yeah, it was really the fall, and, like, when I started, like, getting into shows and auditioning for things and putting myself more out there, like, that's when people were more, like, oh, like, she exists, like, welcome, (laughs)
0: like, yeah, totally
1: totally like a very chill environment nobody was like
0: you know what is she doing here like it was very inclusive so, right yeah. right right and on it i remember you before the show so ha huh, because uh-huh. no because in mr Penn's class like on the second day i don't know why we were talking about instagram but i was like let me what? get your ad <laughs> and that was so embarrassing for me i was like why did i say that <laughs> But yeah, um, so you talked a little bit about shows, so let's talk about how we like got to know each other the most, which is a show we I did... Love- so it's a show that Lincoln Park does every year, and it's called Ensemble Immersion. And Ensemble Immersion is, like we were talking about how Lincoln Park is really cool because it has all the different majors and all these people who love to do art. So in Ensemble Immersion, we come together to make an original show. I know you know Abigail, but I'm just telling everyone else. <laughs> um, so um, it's where we put up an original show. The literary arts majors write it. And the acting, the theater major and musical theater majors act in it and the vocal majors sing in it, and it's just a great compilation of all the shows together. Um, Oh, and the dancers dance in it. (laughs) Um, So you auditioned for Ensemble Immersion to be a dancer, right? I
1: did,
0: yeah. I didn't even audition to act or sing, so... Yeah, so when the when you showed up to the first day of rehearsal and when the cast list came out and you realized that you were a role with, like, a pretty darn big part, like, was that shocking to you?
1: Yes, very <laughs> <Fair laughs> much so. um, I I was a little bit scared at first, but honestly, like, I was more excited than anything because, like, you know, I never really felt intimidated by people. Like I said, everybody's very, you know, very welcoming. But I was a little bit nervous to, like, live up to, you know, the theater majors or the musical theater majors or just, you know, people that that was their specialty. Like, I was a little bit out of my element. Um, I mean, I still do some acting and singing. I love those yeah, as well. Absolutely uh but yeah so like dancing's my main forte so I was like okay like this is a challenge but I'm I'm so ready to dive in with this you know amazing group of people and like the fact that the show is student written and like student directed like that just makes it all the more of a rich um experience because yeah I don't know like just as a group of artists it from the ground up like it just really draws you closer as a cast and like that was the thing that got me out of my comfort zone the most. I think, like, and getting me more comfortable in the environment, at Lincoln Park. Yeah, so, yeah that was just the yeah. Was
0: absolutely, that's so awesome. And that show was like, I think partly because it was an original show, and partly because like the show was so emotional. We got so tight, and we. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: And we <laughs> and we would cry on stage and after the show every night. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so, in E.I., you, we, me, you, and our friend Olivia, who I need to talk about, I need to talk to her about getting on this podcast, but that's a whole other thing. Um, (laughs) we were, we played a group of pirates, or pilots, (laughs) depending, um, (laughs) but, so, yeah, um, the rehearsal process for that show was, like, fairly quick, it was, like, I don't know, like, two or three weeks, and you, your character had to walk on a peg leg. Um, it's true. It's and true. How far away from the show did you like get the peg leg for the first time?
1: It was, what was it? Like a week? Week and a half? Oh. It was close to tech week. I know that. Because like, they make props and everything. But yeah, there was a couple different models of it. It was a trial and error type of situation. It was definitely...
0: Um, not smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a pilot joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, and since y- it was so quick and you only had, like, a week to learn how to walk on this thing. And so, like, just to explain, uh, can you just explain a little bit of how it was, like, designed? Because, like, I know if I was listening to this, I would be like, how would they make her? L- it look like she's walking on a peg leg? <laughs>
1: Yeah, of course. Okay, so um, the prop master Vinny he actually took a knee pad, um, and placed it on the top of like this wooden block, and then there was this like um, cylindrical wooden piece that was probably about a foot or foot and a half long. Um, he actually measured down from my, the, my knee to the ground to um, like solidify the length that the piece of wood needed to be um and then at the very bottom was a piece of rubber for traction so and then on the top of the knee pad there were straps that would hook around my leg keep it on um not exactly uh the most sturdiest of things by nature um yeah we, uh, we made work uh it all was well it was a little wobbly most of the time but uh yeah, no, my other leg definitely
0: got a lot stronger through that. <laughs> yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's good. And it was impressive because I know if I was given a peg leg a week before the show, I would fall, like, twice a night and you never fell. So it was quite impressive. Except the one time well, like, in the show when you were staged to fall and then you did at that time. But <laughs> yeah,
1: and then it got
0: in the way because it would, like, catch. And then, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So... Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, but I just want to talk about one last thing with you. Um, so you, like we said, like, you've been living in Beaver away from your family for so long, like, going to Lincoln Park, and now, since we're in quarantine because of coronavirus and everything, you're at home with your family again, and so, like, can you just talk a little bit about like the positives of that like be like are you excited to be home with your see your family again for an extended period of time and also like is it hard because like being there you know that like you're we're not going to be returning to school?
1: Yeah, I I will say um there's definitely pros and cons to it. Um there's I don't know. It it's it's challenging because on one aspect, there's, like, the financial end of it where you're, like, oh, I'm paying for an apartment I'm not even at, haha, <laughs> like, why, how does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but then, like, on the other end of it, like, I am thankful that, you know, I have a family to be quarantined with, and, like, you know, I am getting tired of sleeping on an air mattress, that is not cool, <laughs>
0: Oh my god.
1: I have been making more art, and, like, you know, I've just kind of, like, um, articulated again like why I make it in the first place and like I I have like all of these different materials available to me here and like a space to go outside and you know because it is so rural I get that chance and yeah like I said that you know different things that are good and bad so yeah
0: Yeah. absolutely Abigail thank you so much for talking to me and agreeing to be on this podcast
1: for having me
0: yeah absolutely well Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Artists, Actors, and Activists of the 21st Century with Abigail Mosier. So, Abigail was my first dancer on this show. So, with dancers, I'm doing it a little differently because, obviously, you can't dance in a podcast. I mean, you could, but, like, you would just hear the sounds of the music on their feet, so it wouldn't, like show off much um but yeah so i asked abigail to send me a a piece that she choreographed that i loved and i'm gonna post that on the instagram for everyone to see um follow us on instagram at Artists actors activist podcast once again that is Artists actors activist podcast on instagram and you'll see a picture of abigail a picture of me and abigail and that amazing piece that she choreographed, because she is such a very talented dancer and choreographer, singer, actor, everything. Um, So yeah, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, and have a nice day.